Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, we will talk about how to live our lives in God's fullness. My goal is to encourage, equip, and empower you. I have included show notes that highlight the points of this message. You can also find all the information on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I am so excited about sharing this journey with you. So let's begin. This morning, we're going to continue our series on following the Spirit, and today we're going to talk about tandem movement. Tandem movement. And I'm excited about this um, because I'm going to have some music to preach along with. (laughs) My music, man, I had a little testimony, but it was silly. Uh, But, you know, what's important to God is important. What's important to me is important to God, I think. But uh, I got to start playing tennis this week. And, you know, that benefits everyone. There's, <laughs> there's something about playing tennis that benefits everyone. But it was nice to get out and, and be able to um, hit the ball and get out all those frustrations. Uh, so <laughs> I know it's funny. It's funny to think about. Okay, like I said, today we're going to talk about tandem movement. And we're going to look at it in terms of In order to follow the Spirit and move in tandem with the Spirit, right, then we've got to have a connection to the Spirit realm. (laughs) It doesn't bother me. It's fine. (laughs) So we've got to have that connection with the Spirit realm. We have to learn to move in the Spirit realm. And even earlier I prayed that the Spirit realm will be more real to us than the natural realm in which we live in. Yeah, that's, what, that's what we're looking for. On our journey with God, that is what we're looking for. So what does that spiritual realm look like? And we're going to go through kind of three requirements for living in a spiritual realm, living in the spirit. And as we go through it, we're not going to take one section of Scripture and just read verse by verse by verse. We're going to look at the bigger picture of the Scriptures. So we will be jumping all over the place. So I gave Noah a list of them. He will put them on there. You know, you're welcome to follow along in your uh, Bible. I'll try to go slow. But I want to make sure that we understand the bigger picture of God. So we'll be pulling from some, uh, several different scriptures. So when we talk about the spiritual realm, we understand. I'm going to read this out of Colossians 1.16. But we understand, it says, For by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth. Both visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities... All things were created through him and by him. Yes, that's what it says. Colossians 1. So we understand that God is the creator of the spiritual realm. God is the creator of that. And he's created it in order for us to be able to live within it. Now, we also understand that we don't see everything that is contained within the spiritual realm. Because if we did, it might just overwhelm our brains. Wouldn't overwhelm our spirit, but it might overwhelm our brains. 
and we understand, you know, some of this is just going to be kind of the, the basics of it. We also understand that, that there is a heavenly realm. You know, we understand there's the second heavens, the third heaven. The third heavens is the heavenly realm. It's the place where we're invited, where we partake of as children of God. There's also the second heaven, which is the demonic realm which we choose not to partake in that. That is not a place that we choose to exist. So we understand that within the spiritual realm, there is a good, holy side. There is a dark, evil side. Uh, and when we begin to live in the spiritual realm, then we're able to discern both sides, right? So the way that we are connected in the spiritual realm, the number one and only way that we are able to connect is to be born again. So we all agree with that, to be born again. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, and this is going to be out of John 3.3. 3. It says, Jesus answered, he's talking to Nicodemus, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, and this is out of the Amplified, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified, he cannot ever see or experience the kingdom of God. So we have to be born again for us to be able to live in the spiritual realm that God has provided for us. And like I said, there is the other side of the spiritual realm of darkness, which, which is available for people to participate in too. But we are not going to talk about that today. We're not going to pretend it doesn't exist. It's just that's not our focus. Because our focus is to connect into the spiritual realm of God, yeah. not into the spiritual realm of the enemy. So that is where we're going today. We're going to focus on that. So when we're born again, what happens is... Our relationship with the Father is birthed in Christ. So through Christ, all of a sudden, the heavenly realm is opened up to us. Our relationship with the Father is open because we know no one can get to the Father except through Christ. No one. There's no access to the Father except through Jesus. That's what the word says. So we have to be born again to do that. And when we have access to the Father through Christ in the Holy Spirit, I want to read this Ephesians. Ephesians 1.3, it says that when this happens, our Heavenly Father sees us in Christ. Ephesians 1.3 says, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has been already lavished upon us. So you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Right now, as a born-again believer, you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father. Oh, this is the Passion Translation. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All because he sees us. Say, he sees me. He sees me. Wrapped in Christ. So when he sees Christ, he sees us hidden in Christ. Now that is powerful, isn't it? Just think about that. The Father sees us in Christ. So we are hidden in Christ because we're born again. 
and uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Now, we know that that access has been given to us, so we are able to seek the things of God where Christ is seated because that access has been opened up to us. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. For you died to this world and you and your new real life is hidden with Christ and God. Okay, so our new life is no longer caught in the worldly things, even though we live on this earth. Our new life is in the heavenly things because that is the realm in which we live from. Right? So our reality is the spiritual realm. We have positionally been shifted. Before we were born again, our position was we viewed everything through the world. We viewed everything through what was in front of us. When we were born again, we were positionally reassigned. Where we were, we no longer are. Because God Open the realm of heaven. We just sang that song. Open the floodgates of heaven. That other song that talked about the open heaven. God opened up the heavens for us as we said yes to his son. And he positioned us in heavenly places, hidden in Christ. So our view is from the heavenly perspective, not from the earthly realm. And that is so easy, right? We've all got that down pat. (laughs) we've all got (laughs) I mean think about this that is what the word says it is what the word says and we all know we're on a journey to fulfill what the word says if it was instant and suddenly as soon as we were born again We never filtered things through the world perspective. We only filtered it through the heavenly perspective. Then our world would look much different. I was even thinking about that this morning about uh, what what would it have been like as this pandemic opened up if everything we heard was from a heavenly perspective, right? If everything we heard was from God's view, because that's what we look through. Even if we said, you know, of course, it's only the Christians, the people who are born again that could see that. There are how many, I don't know, in the world. Somebody give me a number. A billion, a, some born again. There is a number for that. But anyhow, so just think about that. If we heard, if the news reported the heavenly perspective, what would this pandemic have looked like to us? We would have seen the heart of Father. We would have seen the solution of God because we would have seen from heaven what he, what he thought, not what all the others thought. 
I mean, that's powerful, isn't it? And just think about it. Each one of us carry that ability to release heaven's perspective. So we have positionally been set with a view from a heavenly perspective. All of us. And with that, we're able to live out of that perspective. And we're, it's not that we can't do it. It's just that we haven't perfected doing it yet. You know, Colossians said that we have to habitually, it has to be who we are, it has to be our DNA, that we look from the things from the heavenly view. And then we're able to see what the Father is doing, just like Jesus said, because he said, I only do what I see my Father doing. So we're able to see what the Father is doing and be able to release it on the earth. And it's funny because Jesus gave us that model throughout his whole life. Everything he did was what the Father was doing, so he gave us the model to be able to follow. Right? Right? And I'm following it, kind of. Well, you know, it is funny because when we, when we take apart the word and really say it out loud, we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. So what this is saying to us, this first principle of being born again, is what this is saying is everything we need has already been given to us. Yeah. Everything we need to live in the spiritual realm, I already have. Because I am born again of the Spirit. Right? right. And it's funny because when you say that out loud, say, everything, everything. I, need I need to live in the spiritual realm, the spiritual realm. I, already have. I already have. When you say it out loud, it makes you go, yeah, that's right. That's right. I already have everything I need. So the next thing is we take everything that we need, everything that God has given us by being born again, and we learn to live from the inside out. We learn to live from our interior to our exterior. And what I mean by that is in being connected with the Holy Spirit via our spirit, right? Because when we're born again, our spirit connects with the Holy Spirit. The spirit of the living God comes to dwell in us. So we're, we're connected in the spirit realm. So we live from the spirit realm. And I know I've talked about this before, but we live from the spirit realm. The spirit guides our spirit, which guides our emotions, which guides our mind, which guides our physical body. So we live from that spiritual realm. John 16, and it's going to be verse 13. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the father, the message regarding the son, and he will disclose it to you what is to come in the future. So Jesus has already told us that everything that we need to know 
regarding the spiritual realm will be told to us by the Holy Spirit. He's already told us that. He will glorify and honor me because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. So everything that belongs to the Holy Spirit will be given to us, will be told to us. All things that the, all things that the Father has are mine. That's Jesus. Because of this, I said that he, the Spirit, will take from what is mine and reveal it to you. So just think about what Jesus is saying here. Everything I have is yours. Everything I, you need to know, you will be told by the Holy Spirit. Everything that needs to happen in your life, in your family's life, in your business life, in your region, is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. So when you need something, you come to me first. I will reveal all things, and then the exterior world can confirm the things that I'm showing you. So when we live from the inside out, we are living from the Holy Spirit downloading whatever we need from the Father through Christ to us. So we don't need to go out and get 500 opinions. We need one opinion. Yeah. We, we need one opinion, and that's God's opinion. Yeah. And when God gives us his opinion, what will happen is there will be confirmation that will come from the exterior world that will confirm where we're going. There will also be resistance and opposition that will come from the demonic world that will try to talk us into not believing what God has said to us. You know, the enemy wants to take away the truth that God has poured into us. But the Holy Spirit is there as a, uh, a blockade because he is the discerner of all things. And he will tell our spirit, don't believe that lie. And our spirit tells our mind, don't believe that lie, which aligns our actions to the trueness of who God is and what he has called us to do. So we have to stay connected in a deep way. And the way that we do that, I forgot what number I'm on, two. Okay, we're living from the inside out. The way that we do that is we've got to renew our mind. We have to wash our minds in the word. You know, the Ephesians 5.26 says that we are to wash our minds in the word of God. Now, just think about it. When you wash something, it gets soaked in water. When you wash yourself in the word of God, you get soaked in the word of God. When something is soaked, it, 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 it drips of water. When we are soaked in the word, we drip of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Everything in us, you know, everything in us, our spirit is soaked. Our soul is soaked. Our body is soaked. Our blood vessels are soaked. Our nerve endings are soaked. When we soak ourselves in the word of God, 
then everything within us screams the word of God. It screams the word of God. And you know, it's interesting because we tend to think the word is not important in our lives. There, there's this you know, thought process is that um, I can't understand the word. I don't have time to read the word. Um, you know, I, there's a good book that's come out that I read instead of the word. But it's only the word that will transform us. Yeah. Yeah. Good books may add to what God has said, but it's only the, you know, the word that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yeah. That is the only thing that will transform us. It, it's the only thing. God's word changes everything. Because when God's word is read, when we read the word of God, whether to ourselves or out loud, what happens is our spirit comes alive because it is drinking in what it was made for. It was, our spirit was made for the word. Our spirit was made for Christ. And when we take the word in, we're, I'm going to read this out of Romans 12 too. It says, we're, it, and I'm going to read it kind of in a, um, a now. It says, do not be conformed. So when we take the word in, we are no longer conformed to the world. So when we read the world, the word, the world that has been wrapped around us, taught to us, conformed to our minds, is broken off. We are no longer conformed to the world. We are transformed to the truth of God. That's what happens when we read the word. We are transformed. We are, this uh, version says that we are progressively changed as we spiritually mature because the renewing of our mind focuses on godly values and ethical attitudes so that we may prove for ourselves when we read the word and we're transformed and our minds renewed, we're able to prove the will of God. God has given you the power to prove his will. People say, what's the will of God? Oh, I don't know. Let me read the word because the word will renew me. The word will transform me and the word will give me what the will of God is. So, I mean, just think about that. Everybody wants to know what the will of God is. We've been given the power to release the will of God because our minds are being renewed. Our souls are being transformed. I mean, um, I was reading Second. Uh, let me think about it. Second Kings 27. You know, sometimes you have to see what you're reading. Second Kings 22. And I was reading about Josiah, the King Josiah. And he was made king when he was eight years old. And uh, the king before him, Manasseh, was an evil king. I mean, just bad. Really bad news. You know, we've seen some bad news. He was one of those bad news people. And he was so bad. And um, Josiah's having the priests go in and count the treasury in the house of God. And they came across the book of the law that had been lost. And when Josiah said, read it, you know, read it to me. When, he, when they began to read the word, he tore his clothes and began to weep 
because the word convicted him of the sin of Israel that had happened against God. So when we read the word, it's, it's, it's like a pruning shear that tears out, cuts away the sin that keeps us from being close to God. So if we're going to walk in the spiritual realm, we have to get rid of the sin that prohibits us from being close to God. And the word washes us clean from that sin. It shows us things that we didn't even think were sin. And then all of a sudden, that washing of the word comes through and go, wait a minute. I need to, I need to get rid of that. That has taken me away from walking in the spirit. So everything that we need, God's given us through the word. Everything that we need, God's given us through the Holy Spirit. Everything. I mean, just think about that. Say, I have everything. God has given me everything. I mean, just think about it. I can live in the spiritual realm because of God. Uh, let me hear that one. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's so good. So we know that the word of God transforms us. It protects us. It, it gets rid of any sin against us. It shows us what the will of God is. And it enables us to live in a spiritual realm. Okay. So good, isn't it? I mean, just think about the word of God. Just think about, I can, I can be in the most chaos in my life and just pick up the word and that chaos turns into peace because the word of God has given me exactly what I needed and because the Holy Spirit lives in me. Okay, number three, circle of relationship. We've got to live in the circle of relationship. In order to live in the spiritual realm, we have to live in a relationship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. They're all part of the circle. One God, three persons. We got to live in all of it. And uh, I want to read, and I'll have to look it up because I didn't put it on my computer, but uh, I want to read John 17 because this is what we've been in invited into. Actually, this is where we live whether we know it or not. It's John 17, and I'm going to start in verse 20. And, you know, Jesus is praying to the Father for the disciples, and then he says in verse 20, I do not pray for these alone. It is not only for their sake, uh, only that I make this request, but I also for all of those who will ever believe and trust in me through their message. Say, I'm one of those. I believe and I trust in Jesus that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us, so that the world may believe without any doubt you, you sent me. And then verse 22 says, okay, now just receive this. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me. So Jesus has said, because they believe and trust in me, I have given to them, I have imparted to them the glory and honor which you gave me, Father. Yeah. So what Jesus, what the Father gave his Son, the Son has given to us. That they may be one just as we are one. 
I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfected, they may be perfected and completed into one, so that the world may know without any doubt that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you loved me. I mean, that last verse is so full. First of all, that Jesus is in us and the Father is in him. So we are one with them. We live in a circle of relationship with them. And not only that, the world knows Jesus because of who we are in him and him in us. That they will see the display of the glory and honor which he has shared with us because we believed and trusted in him. So we are a walking harvest for God because we are one with him. And not only that, I feel like we're on the prizes right and we're opening up door number three. We got door number one open. We got door number two open. Door number three is that the Father loves you the same way he loves Jesus. He loves us. And you know, sometimes that is a challenge for us to fully get a hold of. You know, our identity is in Christ. Our identity says that we are his beloved, that we are his children, that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we are holy, that we are priests, that we are kings, that we are chosen people, that we are righteous. We are God's workmanship. We are his treasure. We are his purpose on this earth. We are kingdom people. We are an enemy of the devil. We are saints. We are sons. We are daughters. And a lot more. And sometimes it is hard to grab a hold of the fullness of that. And, and God wants us to own our identity. He wants us to own this spiritual realm. We're to own it. And I'm going to share a little something. Um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was telling Jean, and we're going to do a little ministering when I get done. But, you know, when I was growing up, my dad was fun, and he was out, outgoing, and he was gregarious. He was like over-the-top, super intelligent, genius, actually. And, but he was bipolar. So uh, when it was good, it was really, really good. When it was bad, it was bad. And as the youngest, before my younger brother was born, I was sent in to see how dad was doing to see if everybody else can come in. Because if it was good, we're all in. If it was bad, we're all running in the other direction. And so that was my job. I was the tester. I would go in and see how dad was doing. And um, for some reason, you know, as a little bitty kid, you're four, five, six years old, you don't know. But what happened was, hardwired into my brain was this thing about Father God. Because I never knew if my dad was going to be in a good mood or a bad, bad mood. If it was going to be a high end of the bipolar or the low end of the bipolar. And I translated that to Father God. 
because it was already hard, hardwired. My brain was wired that way because that's what I was taught. That's how I learned to operate. So getting to know Father God was a challenge for me. Jesus, no problem. Holy Ghost came later because I was brought up with the Holy Ghost and I was like, all I know is Casper the Ghost. You know, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to relate to that. So that came later. But the Father God was an obstacle for me because I was trying to figure out if God was in a good mood or if he was angry because that's what I knew. And growing up in church, I was taught God was angry. So it took a while to un have my brain rewired. I literally had to have my brain rewired and it came through, you know, some healing, that kind of thing. But, um, and forgiveness, not only forgiveness of my dad, but also asking God to forgive me for making him out to be someone he wasn't and transferring my worldview onto my spiritual view. And, you know, God works all this, all, all this. He works all this stuff out. But what's interesting with this is, you know, sometimes we want to be in that circle of relationship. We want to be in that relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But sometimes there's that thing, whatever that thing is, that prevents us from connecting deeply with one part of the triune God. And we understand it's one God. But it's hard when you feel like one portion of God is not for you or you just can't connect with him. And those are things that God wants to restore in us. And I was thinking about, uh, I, I mean, I, did all of you read The Shack? I don't know if you read it or not. But there was this little section in The Shack that, that talks about the circle of relationship. And I kept seeing it as, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit standing in a circle holding hands. And when we get born again, that circle opens up. That hand releases to grab our hands to bring us into the circle. They want us to be one with them. They want us to be able to ask questions and, and to challenge, is this what this means? And what do you think we ought to do about this? They want us to have fluid conversation. You know, there's this tension between familiarity and, and fear of the Lord. Holiness and homeboy. You know, there was those hats for a while that says, Jesus is my homeboy. I was like, he, he's not my homeboy. But he is my friend. You know, there's this confusion sometimes as I get so intimate with Jesus that I forget that he's God. No, we don't forget he's God. We don't forget that he's holy and pure and, and amazing and, and the blood that has covered us. But, but there you know, it's a challenge. God wants us to go through the challenge with him. None of us get married and then never engage. We go through the challenge of a marriage, of getting to know each other, 
of, of really being able to communicate clearly with each other, even our children. We, we go through the challenge of they listen, they don't listen, they listen, they don't listen, and then next thing you know, you're their best friend. You know, it's a challenge. Relationship is challenging, and God wants us to go through the challenge of knowing him deeply in every aspect, every perspective of who he is. He wants us to live in the spirit realm with him so that there is a greater flow of heaven to earth through us. That's what he wants. And we have it, really. We are in the circle. We just have to understand, is there anything within us that is creating an obstacle for us? God doesn't have an obstacle. We are his obstacle, <laughs> you know, when you think about it. He doesn't have any obstacles. You know, his feelings aren't hurt. He, you know, he's not withdrawn because he heard us say something wrong. You know, if anything, he's pressing more in. He, he's, he wants more of us. He wants us to be all in, fully transformed, and living in a spiritual realm that totally changes our world totally changes our world. So I wanted to read this little part out of um, the shack. And it's, um, you know, there was Papa and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and, and, and they were all encountering, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot his name, the guy who had an issue, Mac, uh, who was struggling. Um, if you didn't see the movie, I'd invite you, I'd actually, actually tell you to read the book. The book was so much better. Um, and it might offend you because it might offend a lot of different people. But he, here, here is uh, um, this little discussion between them. It says, uh, Papa again interrupted. You see, Mackenzie, I just don't want a piece of you and a piece of your life. Even if you were able, which you are not, to give me the biggest piece, that's not what I want. I want all of you and all of every part of you and every part of your day. Jesus now spoke again, Mac, I don't want to be the first among a list of values. I want to be the center of everything. When I live in you, then together we can live through everything that happens to you. Rather than a pyramid, I want to be the center of the mobile where everything in your life, your friends, your family, your occupation, your thoughts, your activity, is connected to me. But moves with the wind in and out, back and forth, in an incredible dance of being. And I concluded, Sarah you, which was the Holy Spirit, I am the wind. So it's this life with Christ in the heavenly realms from a spiritual place that enables us to move in tandem with him. Like I said, we're not looking for perfection. We're just looking for transformation. We're just looking for one step at a time. And I'm gonna read one last scripture and then we'll be done. Uh, and then Gene, why don't you come on up and we're gonna do a little uh, praying over people and uh, let's see what I'm reading. 
I forgot what I was reading. 2 Corinthians 3. 18. It says, And we all, that's us, with unveiled faces, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen? Amen. So we are being transformed into his image. And in this image, Father, we just thank you for, really, your invitation that you have already given us. You've already poured into us the ability to live in the spiritual realm with you. And Lord, I'm asking you to shift. You've already shifted us in the spirit realm. I'm asking you to shift us in the mind realm, in the intellect, in our emotions. Shift us from the view of the world to the view of the spiritual realm. Shift us to be able to live what we have read. Everything we've read, we already have. Now it's learning to operate in it, Lord. So I'm asking for a divine shift this morning. A divine shift that the scales of our eyes will be lifted where we can see through the Father's eyes for what is his best for this world. And we just thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts like this and to connect with me, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. And remember, you are the best investment you can make.